of heights to the depths of the Notice what it says, Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. David, son of Jesse, Israel's greatest king, apart from the Messiah, recognized that he was but a man and shared the common destiny of all the earth. Knowing he would soon pass from this life, David gave a final charge to Solomon. Perhaps David sensed some weakness in Solomon. Perhaps he knew Solomon would be tested in far greater ways than before. Whatever the exact reason was, David knew Solomon needed strength and courage to prove himself as a man. Great responsibilities require great strength and courage. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's message. Hey, let's open our Bibles this evening to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. Last week we started this book. And it's an interesting book because, you know, it starts off with really the end of David's life, David's reign, and him passing the baton to Solomon. And the unfortunate thing about the book of Kings is it doesn't really end well. It starts off really well because Solomon's kingdom, Solomon's reign, was probably no doubt the greatest moment in Israel's history Because at that time they had their temple, everything just seemed to be going really well. And God had told David, David's uh, career, his reign was riddled with some things. Although David was a wonderful king and a fantastic king, he also made some very poor decisions, some bad mistakes, sin issues. And it caused a lot of pain for him and his family. And certainly it brought about some of the most incredible psalms just from the very depth of them from David's life but no doubt the best time in history was was here where we're getting ready to embark on and the first uh, 11 chapters of first kings really spends quite a deep quite a big time uh, quite a deal of time with Solomon's reign and it is a good uh, a good thing and let's just recap quickly the first chapter, uh, the first chapter of the book of Kings. You remember that uh, David had a son by the name of Adonijah, and as David is getting old, and it's looking very possible that he's going to pass on his fourth son, who was the heir apparent to the throne by 
logical reasons. But one of the things that um, Adonijah, that's his name, one of the things that he didn't know was that it had already been established by God to David and also to Bathsheba that it wasn't going to be anybody from David's sons, his first six sons that he had while he was in Hebron when he was king there for the first uh, seven and a half years. But it would be a son that would come after that time, and that would certainly be Solomon. And that was uh, ordained by God, and it's written for us in the Scripture. Um, And we'll look at that tonight. And so this young man decides that he he wanted to exalt himself, and he wanted to be king, and he was good-looking on top of that. And so he tries to assume the throne. And then once Nathan the prophet, who was a confidant of David, once he finds out about this, he comes and he speaks to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and basically says, have you heard about this? And she's like, "Um, no, what's going on? And she basically tells him, or he basically tells her that they're anointing Adonijah king about, uh, I don't know, about a half a mile or about a, um, a little bit more than a half a mile down from where the king is currently located at a place called Enrogal, which is a place where there is a spring right to the south of Zion, uh, right to the south of the Kidron uh, Valley and the Valley of Hinnom, just south of that. And so they're down there anointing the king. And uh, so Bathsheba, she runs in before Solomon uh, and she tells him basically what's going on, or in before David, excuse me. And David is, um, he's totally unaware of this. And so he realizes that he's got to do something. He knows what God has told him, but for one reason or another, we really don't know. He, he didn't make this known to the nation, evidently. Um, it was a information that he held close to a few people, evidently. Um, and so he, he calls for Nathan the priest, or I'm sorry, Nathan the prophet and Zadok the priest. And they, he commands, David commands them to take Solomon now down to the Gahon Spring where they anoint him king. And while they're anointing him king and the people from the city and everything, there's a, there's a big noise about this, obviously, because David is anointing his, his predecessor or his successor. That Adonijah and his group that's hanging out together, having a big feast, they hear the noise, and word comes to them about what it is. And it tells us in verse 49 of chapter 1, it says, So all the guests who were with Adonijah now, they are afraid, and they arose, and they each one went his way. And now Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon, saying, Indeed, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon, for he, for look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And then Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man, not one hair of him shall fall to the earth. But if. Wickedness is found in him, he shall die. And so King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar. And he came and he fell down before King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, go to your house. In other words, Adonijah, I'm not, I'm not, my words to you are going to be few. I want you to go to your house and behave. <laughs> because if you don't behave, you're going to lose your life. And so that was basically Solomon's advice to him. 
Now we're going to read just the first uh, 25 verses of, second, of the second uh, chapter here. And then we'll go back and take a look at it. Notice what it says. Now the days of David drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong therefore and prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways. To keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments and his testimonies. And as as it is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. Notice that the Lord may fulfill his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, you know also what Joab, the son of Zeruiah, did to me and what he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, to Abner, the son of Ner, and to Amasa, the son son of Jether, whom he killed. And he shed the blood of war in peacetime and and put the blood of war on his belt that was around his waist and on his sandals that were on his feet. Therefore, do according to your wisdom." And do not let his gray hair go down to the grave in peace, but show kindness to the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let him be among those who eat at your table. For so they came to me when I fled from Absalom your brother. And see, you have with you Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite from Baharim, who cursed me with a malicious curse in the way when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at the Jordan. And I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now, therefore, do not hold him guiltless, for you are a wise man and know what you ought to do to him. But bring his gray hair down to the grave with blood. And so David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the period that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron. And in Jerusalem he reigned 33 years. And then Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his kingdom was firmly established. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. So she said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. Moreover, he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, Say it. And then he said, You know that the kingdom was mine, and all Israel set their expectation on me that I should reign. However, the kingdom has been turned over and has become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. Now I ask one petition of you, and do not deny me. And she said to him, Say it. And then he said, Please speak to the king Solomon, for he will not refuse you, that he may give me Abishag the Shunammite as wife. And so Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak for you to the king. Bathsheba therefore went to the king Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed down to her and sat down on his throne and had a throne set for the king's mother. And so she sat at his right hand. And then she said, I desire one small petition of you. Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, Ask it, my mother, for I will not refuse you. So she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as wife. Now you can almost feel Solomon's blood pressure. If you could put like a, one of those cuffs on him, and uh, like they do in the thing. And as she's speaking, as she's saying this, 
His blood pressure is going up, and he's going to share with us his real feelings. There won't be any mystery about what he's thinking. And so um, King Solomon answered and said to his mother, Now now why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my older brother. For him, and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. And then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, May God do so to me, and more also, if Adonijah has not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, as the Lord lives, who has confirmed me, and set me on the throne of my father David, and who has established a house for me, as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. And so King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he struck him down, and he died. And he died. And so, very interesting. And certainly we're not done with this passage at all, but we will uh, stop there for now. But as, as we continue to read uh, through uh, this chapter, uh, a verse came into my mind, and it was Galatians chapter 6, uh, and verse 7 and 8. And it goes like this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so we're going to see this scripture being put to the test in the lives of those who were close to David and within his own administration tonight. We're going to see this very thing uh, come to pass. That whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And and we're going to see these characters that seemingly have gotten away with some really atrocious acts. And now that Solomon is on the throne and coming to his coronation, he's going to write things. He's going to start off with a clean slate. So we're going to see uh, a change in personnel in Solomon's administration or in Solomon's kingdom as opposed to his father. Certainly we're going to see Solomon replacing David on the throne, but we're also, and here's the spoiler alert, we're going to see Adonijah, he's going to be executed for treason and treachery. We're going to see Abiathar, the high priest, he's going to be ultimately kicked out and exiled, and ultimately Zadok, the high priest, will take his place. We're also going to see Joab going to be executed. Yes, Joab, David's nephew. Remember, David had a sister named Zeruiah. It was a half-sister. And she had three sons, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. And, um, and Joab killed Asahel. And he also killed another man by the name of Abner, who was uh, Saul's, King Saul's commander of the army. And he did all of this in cold blood. And there, were, there was a consequence for those who killed in cold blood. It wasn't during wartime when they were against an enemy. This was cold blood by Joab. And so we're going to see Joab executed, David's nephew. And Shimei will ultimately be executed for his disobedience. And we'll look at that. But we're also going to see kindness given to Barzillai, the Gileadite, and his family because of how he helped David 
when David was being exiled from Jerusalem and running from his son Absalom, who was seeking to overthrow his kingdom. And remember, it was Barzillai and a group of other men, actually, that while David was on the east side of the Jordan River in a town called Mahanaim, was a very fortified city, he was there and forming his army to go out against Absalom, that it was there at that place that Barzillai, the Gileadite, came with all kinds of food and you know, clothing and beds and all these things for David and his men. And so David, before he, as he's passing the baton to Solomon, he's basically telling him all these things. David, I want you to be careful about these people, this individual, this individual, and this individual. And what a great advice for a king to give his son. David now is 70 years old and he's getting ready to go to be with the Lord. And he's made all the preparations for the temple. We'll see that. But he also gives his son advice. He's been around the block a few times. And now in his old age, he's like, you know what? David, there's some things you need to understand. And there's some people that you need to be very careful of because there's going to be a lot of jealousy. There's going to be a lot of hatred for you. And there's a couple people I need to tell you about. And you know, sometimes when there is a new administration in power, you know, uh, there has to be, oftentimes there is a purging. And not necessarily a death sentence for those, but uh, a purging of the old guard that was in charge. And sometimes that needs to happen, especially when there are ill motives and, and problems that have, hap- that have happened. And sometimes allegiances were established and enemies were made, and those enemies have to be dealt with, especially if they are a threat to peace and also God's plan. And we certainly see this uh, tonight, and we'll see this throughout the chapter of, of, of Solomon's reign, that he, that he has to take care of these loose ends of David's reign. Things that David perhaps should have taken care of himself, but he didn't. So go back to verse 1 with me now. It says, Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son. And remember, David was 70 at this time. And you might want to put in the margin of your Bible uh, this scripture reference, because this will kind of give you an idea of uh, David's reign and his years and his life. And it makes it very easy to see. It's in Second Samuel chapter 5. Verses 4 and 5. 2 Samuel 5, verses 4 and 5. And let me just read it to you. Because notice it says that it came time for him to die. And, 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 and 2 Samuel 5 tells us how old David was when he began to reign and how also how long he reigned. And so we know that he was 70 years old when he passed. You and I, I mean, many of you in this room are 70 or older. Or, but, you know, back at this time, they didn't have the medicines and the things that we have to keep us going. And so 70 at this time, especially for a warrior like David, he was aged and he had uh, health issues, I'm sure. But it says, here's the, the reference, 2 Samuel 5, verse 4. It says, David was 30 years old when he began to reign. So you just do the math here. He was 30 and he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years. So you do the math and it was 70 years old. And so that verse really sums it all up right there. And notice what David says. He says, I go the way of all the earth. He says this to Solomon. So be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. And I love this. Dan, you know, David was a man's man. 
He was a warrior. He was a musician. He was a man of integrity. He had his faults. He messed up a few times, but he, was, he got back on the path, and he was a man after God's own heart. The sweet psalmist of Israel, the Bible tells us. And so he tells his son, prove yourself like a man. I go the way of all the earth. This phrase, I go the way of all the earth, is a very common phrase. In Joshua chapter 23, verse 14, Joshua, in his farewell address before he would pass from the scene, would say the very same thing, a very common address. Joshua said, again, Joshua 23, verse 14, Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And you know that in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. Joshua obviously talking to the Israelites. And he says, all have come to pass for you and not one word of them has failed. And so finally, you know, David says this very same thing. And in verse 3 he says, and keep the charge. Solomon, keep the charge of the Lord your God. This idea of keeping the charge is guard it, preserve it, keep it. Keep it safe. Hold it dear to you. Hold it near to you. And he would go on and say, Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me saying, If your son takes heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. And so the question that I have is, Why is David exhorting Solomon to obey the Lord in all of his statutes, commandments, and judgments, and testimonies? Well, the answer was in the verse that we just read. That Solomon, number one, would prosper in all that he does and wherever he turns. That's a good thing, wouldn't you say? To obey the Lord, isn't that what God wants for us to do? He wants us to live. He wants to give us life. And so he wants us to live according to what he has told us already in advance. Things that we need to stay away from. Things that we need to be careful of. It really behooves us to listen to the one who created us and all things. He knows very well darkness and and light. He knows everything in between. He's aware of it. He even created it. He allowed it. So he said to them that that you may prosper, Solomon, wherever you turn. And also, the second thing that he said this to him is that the Lord may fulfill his word, which he spoke to David. Yes, to David in, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning in verse 12. And that was the Davidic covenant that God made with David. I would encourage you to read that. And bear in mind that as you look at 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 6, I would give you a couple other scriptures to write down because 2 Samuel chapter 7 only gives you a portion of what God spoke to David. Only a portion. And you might want to mark these uh, scriptures down. They're all in 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 22. Verses 6 through 10, and also 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 3 through 7, because God told not only David that he, he would have a son who would, be, who would be on the throne and he would establish his throne forever, but he also named Solomon by name and told David that his son Solomon would be the one. And so all of this was known to David. 
And yet when Adonijah came on the scene, you would think that, you know, David was so old and incapacitated, he, he wasn't really communicating. He wasn't a good communicator um, uh, with his family. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of First Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.